0: How many people do you know who struggle with their health? Chances are, whether they show it or not, most of the people in your life do. And chances are, you're one of them. Whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, endometriosis, acne, eczema, autoimmune, thyroid, Lyme, brain fog, fatigue, or any other symptom or condition, you're far from alone living with symptoms has become the new normal so no more guessing games it's time to get answers welcome to the medical medium podcast i'm anthony william everybody loves their avocados they love their guacamole with chips they love their avocado toast some people just enjoy a slice or two of avocado put on a favorite sandwich some people love a slice of avocado on a burger and others like to use avocado as if it was butter. People find great comfort when they're eating avocados and feel it's a safe space in the world, of personal health care too and wellness. Today, we're going to cover the ins and the outs about this fruit and the perks and the drawbacks. Get ready for the ride of a lifetime because avocado is long overdue and make sure you fasten your seatbelts Hey, are you there? Are you there? Hey, yeah, I'm in the hospital. Yeah, I got in there about an hour ago. Um, What year is it? It's 1982. Why would you ask me what year it is? That's so weird. Yeah, no, I'm waiting for the emergency room doctor. Yeah, he said that he thought originally that my anxiety attack, well, he thinks it's an anxiety attack. He thinks it was caused by the avocado I ate. Yeah, I know, it's so weird. Oh, here he comes. He's coming right now. Hey, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm having a difficult time breathing. Still? So, what did I eat? I, I told you I ate earlier. I had some avocado. It's bad? Why? Who, who said it was bad? It's just... You, you doctors think it's bad? Where did you hear that? Okay. Was it toxic? All right. All right. Um... You want me to breathe into this thing? Okay, just hold on. What's it say? Pressure pressure good. That's my oxygen levels. Yeah. Well, I I'm I think I'm feeling a little better. So you think just stay away from avocado then. All right. Well, you know, I, I, yeah, I had other things beside that, you know. I I had I had some bacon, the uh, earlier before that, and I had, I had some kind of drink and I, I, also had a hot dog. I had a hot dog. That's it. I heard that like the hot dogs have like nitrates though. No, don't worry about that. Not about the whole nitrate thing. It was the avocado. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'll just stop eating them and, um, and take these pills prescription. Okay. All right. Let me see. All right, That right. I'll just go. Okay, thank you, doctor. Thank you. Far-fetched? Really far-fetched? No, not far-fetched at all. Avocados have come a long way from what I remember, but I have a lot of scars, a lot of wounds from defending and fighting for them, protecting the avocados when it was considered by the mainstream as dangerous for your heart, dangerous for your health, too fattening, and even toxic and poisonous. See, back then, doctors, healthcare experts, practitioners were telling patients to avoid eating the avocado, Dietitians telling patients to avoid eating avocado. It was somehow infused into their mind, the mind of the conventional doctor, the mind of the conventional practitioner, that they were really bad. I remember speaking to a doctor who asked me to help solve a mystery problem with their patient. They heard about me through another doctor. I was recommended. They had a conversation with me. Patient had gout and other problems. I said, we have to get your patient off of butter and bacon right away and onto avocado. And he looked at me like I lost my mind. Isn't avocado bad for you? That's what he said. And I said, where did you hear that? He said, in medical school. I said to him, I thought they didn't teach you about diet in medical school or foods. He said, they didn't. But they did tell us to avoid avocado and it's a bad food. He said to me, now that I think about it, I always thought it was strange when farmer reps would come to the office, take us out for a big steak dinner, and at the same time, we were told avocado was bad for us. It always gives me the chills when I think back then and just remember that. But here's the thing. Back then, this gives me the chills too, because the fear of avocado trickled on down from the conventional mindset down to the alternative mindset. Yeah, Western Chinese medicine doctors were convinced the avocado was toxic, caused heart problems, and traditional Chinese medicine doctors and traditional acupuncturists thought the same. If you go see an acupuncturist in California in the 1980s, there's a good chance the acupuncturist is gonna say, stay away from avocado because A, it's a raw food. B, because it's a raw food, it'll create dampness. C, it's toxic, maybe even poisonous. D, bad for your heart. You would hear that from a traditional acupuncturist in California, in LA in the 1980s, because it trinkled on down through the whole system, all the inner workings. Yeah. People grew avocados in their backyard in California, Hawaii, and Florida. Yeah. They partaked in it, plucked one off and ate it, made a guacamole Yeah, we have that historic guacamole, Mexican avocado. Even with all this, it did not matter to the medical system and to the alternative health and medical system. And avocados were sparse back then. They were sparse back then. 20 years ago, they were sparse. 25 years ago, for sure. 30 years ago, really sparse. 40 years ago, really sparse. I say this because I know grocery stores did not have avocados on the shelves. I mean, we take it for granted right now with what we have. Man, go into any health food store anywhere. They always got avocados. They're always around. They're on every cooking show. They're everywhere. Everybody's using them. Everybody's eating them, right? But in the stores, there's baskets of them, shelves and cases of them everywhere. That wasn't what it was like years ago. And I'm not trying to be that like old guy like, yeah, Sonny, you know, gas was two cents a gallon (laughs) where I came from. And we had to walk to school 10 miles in the snow, barefooted, with no shoes. And then we'd get to the classroom and because we were late, the teacher would stick us in the corner and put a dunce cap on us and smack us in the back of the head with a ruler. I'm not trying to pull that card, you know. And and by the way, those stories are real, (laughs) And people went through a lot. But it's life's never been easy. But the point is, if you go back, there weren't avocados galore everywhere. And if you found one, you're lucky. If you found one because someone grew one and you happen to live in an area that they were growing one, you were lucky. And if you made a dish with it, and you were in front of company or around other people, probably unlucky. You were lucky you had one, but there was always gonna be somebody there, somebody in the family, some friends, someone in the gathering that was gonna poo-poo you. They were gonna poo-poo you for having that avocado and be like, whoa, that's bad for you. Whoa, hold up on that avocado. Putting a little too much avocado on that. Meanwhile, they're eating a turkey. Meanwhile, somebody's eating a turkey or someone's eating like pork chops, right? you never hear that about pork chops. You wouldn't hear that from a doctor about pork chops back 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. You, In fact, there's podcast doctors that are like, as long as the pig is raised organically and, you know, the right way and pasture raised and all that, yes, you can have your good bacon without the nitrates. You hear that all the time now, right? But back then, pork was great. No matter what, nobody poo-pooed pork. But the avocado, always an issue. And all kinds of, what are you, a vegetarian? You'd hear that all the time. What is is your cousin a vegetarian? Cousin and his girlfriend's a vegetarian? You'd hear that all the time. Like you would never get around it once that avocado came out. And wasn't that bad for you, that avocado? Too much. Now everything's changed. Now everybody's eating avocado almost everybody, but it's everywhere. It's all over the internet, it's in every video, it's in every food show, it's everywhere. And every influencer is eating avocado one way or another, whether it's chopped up with hard boiled eggs on a salad or it's avocado toast. Hey everybody, welcome to my YouTube channel. And this is my morning routine. We're gonna make my bed, get some coffee, And then I'm gonna show you like what me and my boyfriend do when we make the best avocado toast you've ever had. And maybe after that, we'll get into a workout. So get ready. You can go to any app, turn on any channel, look at anything on the internet and influencers everywhere are eating avocado. They're eating avocado 10 different ways. Avocado toast is the most popular in the moment, but it blows my mind blows my mind in a good way. It makes me happy because blood, sweat, tears, ridicule, attacks, all of it was worth it. When I even think about it, it's like, yeah, that's incredible. I'm glad you're doing the avocado toast. I'm glad you're eating avocado. And when I really think back of how bad it was, I mean, it was bad. I remember doing a small lecture in a health food store 25 years ago, teaching people about avocado, and someone got so irate, they ran up and they tipped over the cart I was using, and all the avocados rolled away, and they ran out of there. That's how upset they were. It was so complicated. It shouldn't be complicated, Like because right now it seems so simple. It seems so easy, so accepted. It seems so normal right it seems like it's an easy smart health hack now like duh duh avocado uh duh it's green but that green slop that green pudding that avocado becomes got people so worked up I mean they turned into like crazy town people like it was bad I'm serious they got worked up and you'd see that cream, especially guys, Oh, well, let's go into that right now. Okay. So say somebody's girlfriend or somebody's mom or anybody mashed up an avocado and it was all green and slimy like it is guys would look at it and be like, I'm not eating that. It was an anti guy food. It's like, of course, uh, I'm going to have a beer, uh, some peanuts, uh, maybe some Buffalo chicken wings. Oh, and give me that green slimy gross disgusting slop that's in that bowl i'll gladly have that no that's what it was like back then now it's like give me a chip and i'll have some of that guacamole everybody's just like oh yeah guacamole love it put guacamole on my buffalo chicken wings i'll still have a beer love it back then it was like what is that i know someone who's listening right now is probably like wrong he's wrong Mexican, authentic Mexican food, he's wrong. Mexican restaurants, he's wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, let me time capsule you back. Mexican restaurants didn't sell a lot of guacamole. Some Mexican restaurants didn't have any guacamole because it wasn't liked. That's how it worked. You don't make a batch of guacamole in a restaurant, spend all that money, spend the budget on avocados if no one was going to eat it. Mexican restaurants evolved with the times. That's how it worked. So here in the U.S., they had to evolve with whatever the likings of the moment were, what got popular over time. If all the doctors were saying, avocado's bad, and a lot of people couldn't find them in the store to begin with, you think a Mexican restaurant was going to spend their whole budget on a whole barrel of avocados, make a ton of guacamole, let it sit there and turn brown? my customers were coming in being like, I'm not really a guacamole fan. My heart doctor told me not to eat that. And what is that? What is the green stuff right there? I was taking a trip. It was the late 1980s. I was going to New York. I went to an authentic Mexican restaurant, really popular one at the time. I went in, I wanted some avocado because I wanted avocados with my burrito. And I was asking for a custom burrito at that moment. I was saying, can I have this, this? They're like, sure, we can make a really good one for you. And I said, do you have avocado? Can I have some guacamole? And they said, let me talk to the owner. They brought the owner out and the owner came out and said, I'm sorry, sir, we don't have avocado today. It's rare we do. I said, why? Said, nobody likes it. Nobody buys it. Nobody wants it. We make a batch and it sits there and it turns brown. My wife likes it, he said, and she buys it for herself and we make our guacamole every night, but we don't have it here for the customers because it goes to waste. Nobody likes it and people complain. He had the same look on his face that I have on my face when you think someone is going to be upset because you talk about the avocado and they get disgruntled. He was kind of nervous because wasn't quite sure. Was I gonna complain that avocados were terrible and they should never be in here? Or was I there to really want the avocado? So he had that kind of look, I had that kind of look because I was nervous anyway. I've already had experiences where people get so upset about the avocado, emotionally upset about the avocado, but it's changed now. The terrain has changed, times have changed. Avocados everywhere. It's in fast food chain restaurants on the Strip. You can get avocado anyway, anyhow you ever dreamed of, you ever wanted. It's in Whole Foods. It's in every health food store. It's packaged. It's pre-made. It's accepted. Tried and true. It's accepted. And every 20-year-old, no disrespect, think they're a health expert. Every... 25 year old thinks they're a health expert and they are talking about avocado and how good it is. And then when I say, well, the details matter though, because there's times to use the avocado and times not to, when it comes down to chronic illness and your health. And then I get yelled at, attacked, screamed at. Once again, it happens because I love avocado, yes. Am I a fan of avocado? Obviously, big time. Did I talk about avocado in my books? Yes. But there's when and where and how when you're sick. What's needed? Every detail matters. And it's back to the drawing board with the being screamed at again, like, fats are good for you. What's he saying? Be careful about avocado. He doesn't know anything. And it's back to that again. But it's flipped on the other end. Here I fought for the avocado all those years. And now I'm being screamed at by people as if I don't like the avocado. Now remember, everybody's different. There's no one size fits all. And in the alternative movement, it's all one size fits all. It's whatever the trend is. They run with it. They scream with it. They fight with it. They do everything they want with it, but it's one size fits all, okay? And what I mean by that is one person, they can do pretty good on a lot of avocado. Another person, they can't. But an alternative movement, it's all about fats are good for your brain. The, the study says this av- avocado everybody should be eating. Avocado is the best thing for your health for all these reasons. It's all one size fits all, but it's always like that in a health movement. The MM info has always been known to be, no, if someone has ME-CFS, fibromyalgia, if someone has multiple sclerosis, if someone has anxiety or depression, it's never one size fits all. It's about customizing, knowing the details so you got a shot to heal. And it's not just like, hey, you guys, everybody here, you should all be eating lots of avocado. It's a healthy food. Food science says it's actually nutritious for you. That's one size fits all. We ain't going to do that. We never did. We're not going to. We're going to do it right. We have to because your health matters. It means everything. We can't lock everybody up in a one size fits all box. That's not going to work. Some people can eat a lot of avocado and it's fine and it works for them. There's a reason why it works for them. Their liver could be really strong. They could have a lot of bile reserves. Their HCL could be stronger than other people's HCL. Their health could be good overall. They may not be struggling from a neurological condition or chronic fatigue syndrome or anything of that sort. They may have very few symptoms, maybe no symptoms in the moment. And then is that person really sick, bedridden, can't function, has a difficult time taking a shower, when the water comes out of the shower head and it hits them on their head, they almost go down for the count. It's different for somebody who's chronically sick or say it's somebody that's not so sick, but they're sick enough or it's impeding their life. They're visiting a lot of doctors, seeing a lot of specialists, getting a lot of blood taken. They may not be good with a large amount of avocado either. So let's explore all these reasons. In years past, I would use avocado as a tool, kind of like a savior. I treasured it. And I treasured it for a reason, because I got people off of other foods that were causing them trouble. And no one knew it was causing them trouble, but it was causing them trouble. These days with the medical medium books out talking about the foods that create the inflammation by feeding the pathogens, well, that information wasn't flooded everywhere back then. So every time I would say to someone, you have to get off of wheat, you have to get off of gluten, you have to get off of dairy because those things are feeding your streptococcus and that's giving you your styes, your conjunctivitis- your chronic sinusitis, your sore throats and strep throat, your UTI's bladder infections, and your acne. And we have to get you off of these foods. And then I'd say, well, we got to use the avocado to get you off the pork, the pork fat, the butter, all the cheese, the milk, the eggs. All those fats were filling up the bloodstream, preventing detoxification process to occur also feeding other pathogens like the shingles virus with the trigeminal neuralgia and the Epstein-Barr virus with the chronic fatigue and the HHV-6 and the simplex herpes 1 and 2 and the cytomegalovirus and these foods were feeding those, but I needed a tool. I needed a tool bad. I needed a weapon to fight chronic illness. And when I looked at that avocado, had more meaning to me than anybody could ever imagine. I'd hold that avocado up. I'd be like, this is the golden goose, baby. This is the golden egg right here. And I would crack them open right in my office and I would cut them open and I would serve avocado to the people that came to my office every single day. Yeah, I know. A lot of them looked at me like I had 10 heads And that I was an alien from another planet. Yeah, but they were like, okay, let me try that. And they try it, be like, "Uh, yeah, not so bad. I could go, you could put a little bit of sea salt on there if you really want. I was desperate, desperate to get them to know there was a way out. And the avocado was that holy grail in the early days because it had the fat in it to transition them. And that's the whole point, you guys. It was a transition tool. It was a transition them from what the fats they were all addicted to, the ones that were holding them down. Not just the fats, the foods that were also feeding all the pathogens and the viruses and the bugs. And heck, I couldn't get metals out of them unless I got some of those foods that were causing trouble out of them to thin out their bloodstream get the pork fat out, get other stuff out so that I can actually get metals out of their brain to get rid of their bipolar, their anxiety and depression. And the avocado, it was a different kind of fat. It had power in a different way. It allowed someone to come off the ride, come off of that addiction, the addictive behavior of wanting all that pizza and all that mac and cheese and all that pork fat, pork chops, pulled pork, ham, cold cuts, hot dogs, cheesy cheeseburgers. It had something inside of it that can take people off that roller coaster ride or help. It was a substitute when there weren't any substitutes. Very few substitutes in the food world, actually. The avocado became this powerful tool a weapon, a substitute, so people can transition with grace. Now, of course, there was always a battle to be had. I had to convince the person, it's not bad for you. Like a broken record, thousands of times upon thousands of times, I had to reassure, I had to tell someone, no, it's not bad for you. I had a battle with all the medical universities created a problem. All those medical universities told all those doctors back then, avocado was toxic, bad for you, and bad for the heart. It spread like wildfire for decades and decades. I was trying to reverse all that damage. It seemed impossible. Each person would sometimes need me to tell them over and over again, as time went on, that the avocado was safe to eat. It was exhausting. It was safe. It was okay, it was healthy. And there were people that caught on fast. They were like, oh man, I love this avocado. Whoa, I'm starting to feel better already because I'm not doing bacon, I'm not doing eggs. I'm not eating a hunk of cheese every day. I'm not gobbling down tons of chocolate. I'm able to eat a couple of avocados or three avocados throughout the day and I feel so much better, this is incredible. It was like a breath of fresh air. And there were those people that just got scared, scared of the avocado. So much so, they were back to their same old tricks, same old vices, same old foods. And I don't blame them one bit because the industry messes with everybody's head. Still does today. The people that were on board with eating avocado were able to go a little bit further and further into their healing process. They were able to bring in more foods this time. Potato. For the first time in the steamed form without oil and cheese and sour cream and then they were able to bring in leafy greens too not just the iceberg lettuce because that was the whole thing and the alternative movement it was still about iceberg lettuce too by the way back then that's pretty much all it was there wasn't talk about leafy greens but they were able to bring in more leafy greens like spinach, spinach was feared back then And believe it or not, still feared now many ways. People say never eat raw spinach, it's bad for you, which is not true. It's a critical leafy green to, to the healing process. But when they were able to go further with the healing process, bring in more of these foods, leafy greens, celery juice, potatoes that were steamed, other vegetables, some wild foods, and other fruits, everything started changing more and more, but I needed the avocado as the anchor. Had to be an anchor. But the avocado isn't the most healing food. There are other foods that are much more healing, much more powerful, but we needed the avocado as that foundation so they can come off that ride from all those other foods. So in the end, the person with their healing process, if they had a lot of symptoms, a lot of neurological problems, a lot of conditions. They've been all around the world looking for help, been to a dozen doctors or more. Well, the avocado had to be phased out. It got them off the ride of the really heavy, dense food that wasn't helping them because it wasn't healing foods. The avocado transitioned them to bring in all the healing foods so they can go further with their process, get rid of their MS. Now, it wasn't the avocado that got rid of their multiple sclerosis. It was the lack of avocado in the end that got rid of their multiple sclerosis. It's not because avocado is bad. It's because we had to use a lot of avocado to balance all of the other foods that were high in fat that were bad for multiple sclerosis. So avocado, we had to kind of have higher and then we had a lower. We had to bring the avocado down and bring other tools in. And as we kept on bringing other tools in, like 32 ounces of celery juice and the heavy metal detox smoothie, which has no fat in it. There's no avocado in the heavy metal detox smoothie. We got bananas in there. We had to bring in these other foods. And then the leafy greens, of course, the cilantro, right? The spinach, all these other things take space. And then we brought in the potatoes, We had to lower the fats and as we lowered the fats and brought in more fruits and all these other foods and healing foods and we lowered the fats by lowering the avocado, the person got better. They were able to go all the way, get rid of the multiple sclerosis and then we're able to bring in the supplements we needed as well at the same time. But in order for supplements to really work good when we're really sick, really down and out, have lots of problems with their nervous system, the only way supplements really work is if we lower the fats so the nutrients can get to the nerves and organs and the fats don't get in the way. So once again, we couldn't have the avocados really high, like you're eating three or four avocados a day, we had to bring the avocado down And so I say, hey, the avocado's got to come down. And then everybody now, today, will scream at me and say, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But in reality, they don't know what they're talking about. In order to battle pathogens and to get metals out and to clean things out of the liver, you can't have your fats really high. And even though avocado is a better fat, and quite frankly, a good fat, we still have to be cautious to how much we're eating if we're really suffering with a chronic illness. Now, if you're somebody and you're not suffering with chronic illness and you're an athlete and you're not a sick athlete, because don't get that confused too. There's so many athletes or are athletes, but they get sick too, or they're sick with symptoms as they're athletic. And this is when the details really matter because if someone's chronically ill and really sick, it's not just about, this is good for you, this is bad for you. avocado is good for you, avocado is bad for you. It's way more than that because there's so many intricate details, subtleties all in there that are critical for someone's healing process. Like someone, if they suffer from migraines or fatigue or acne or aches and pains or a diagnosis or autoimmune, that determines what to do with how much avocado in a way. Because remember, it's about lowering the fats to get pathogens and metals out and using medical medium tools to do so, you know, to kill pathogens off and to get metals out. But in order to do that, you do have to know how to use food. It can't just be a guessing game. There has to be a track record experience, people that have healed from these strategies and techniques and These have been around with MM info from the start and they work. And so the street cred is there. People are healing, but how are they healing? They're healing because in the details, the answers are there. It's like, yes, you can do a lot of avocado. It's way better than pork or this and this and this and this for you because it's a different fat it's still less fat, it's a plant fat and it's a fruit. But if there's some damage to the brain, neurons, damage to your vagus nerves, damage to your neurological system and your phrenic nerves, then all of this changes. It's like, whoa, we have to bring in the good stuff. We have to lower even some of the good stuff, avocado's good, but we have to bring that one down and you might be the person where half an avocado a day, that works. That works. We can still do some cleansing. We, st- we can still do some healing. But you might be that person where it's no avocado and you're on the mono cleanse, the medical medium cleanse, where it's bananas, papayas, and celery juice only. Or you're somebody that's doing the 369, the simplified 369, or the advanced 369 or the 28 day cleanse, or the morning cleanse only. But the options are there to take your healing as far as you need to go, and the details to how much avocado to use is part of it. Now there's volumes of information about this and details in Cleanse the Heal, that book right there, Cleanse the Heal. It's not one size fits all, so you can customize it to what you need so there isn't confusion. Now a lot of people can get upset Because of the morning cleanse, the medical medium morning cleanse, which means keep the fats out of the morning. Don't have them until noon or after. They get upset because, wait a minute, avocado's healthy. Avocado's my breakfast. I have it on my oatmeal. I have it on bread. I have it on toast. I have an avocado sandwich. I have avocado with eggs. And where's my avocado? Don't take it away. And I'm like, wait a minute, you shouldn't be doing eggs either in the morning. It's about getting rid of all fats. So it's not that avocado is bad. Someone can have it in the morning if they want. But if you're going to actually cleanse and get the liver cleaned up, you can't have fats in your diet in the morning because that's when your liver is doing all the work, the cleansing. It's getting all the poisons out and we have to flush it out. But if you're going to eat a fat in the morning, right, like an egg or cheese or bacon or whatever or oil, It stops the cleansing process so the liver can't clean. The liver cleansing process, where the liver packages up all those toxins and poisons all night long, and then by morning, it's ready to get the trash taken out. But if we jump into foods that are high in fat or just fat, we get in trouble because the liver, boom, shuts down. Toxins, boom, stay in the bloodstream, Toxins go right back into the liver and we're back to square one. It's a vicious cycle, catch 22, and we're not cleansing the liver. So the medical medium morning cleanse is about keeping the fats out till noon. So that means if you're an avocado person, because it's a great anchor and great tool, better than pork, better than chicken for lunch, have your avocado lunch or after, but don't have it in the morning. And a lot of people scream at me. and They're like, no, 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 pitchforks and shovels and torches and everything. Like, he doesn't know about good health. Where did he get his degree? <laughs> He's not a doctor. He doesn't know anything. And they get mad because everybody's like, fat's good, fat's good, fat's good, avocado, avocado. And it's like, now for a rule of thumb, one of the best things to do if you're going to have a fat, say you're like, I hate avocado anyway, Anthony, I just wanted to listen to this or... A.W.'s talking about avocado and I'm not into it right now, but I really love my chicken or I love my fish. Have it at the end of the day. Just to roll a rule of thumb right there. Say you don't want to know about details. Say you don't want to know about what's in cleanse to heal the book or anything. Say you just like to listen right now or something. Then just have your fats at the end of the day. You got a better shot to do a lot of healing regardless of what you got cooking. So if you're an animal protein person, have that animal protein. At the end of the day, if you're a vegan, plant-based person, have your avocado at the end of the day. If you're both, like you like plant-based and then you stay plant-based for a couple months and then you start eating animal protein or whatever it is, pick or choose. Either way, the end of the day. And here's something important to remember. A little bit goes a long way. Yeah, you don't need a whole avocado. You don't need two whole avocados. Yeah, if you want to binge out, I've done it. I've been like, I made the best guacamole I've ever made. I got all kinds of rosemary in there and thyme in there and sage in there and garlic and onions and chives and scallions and tomatoes thrown on top. I'm going to totally, I'm just going to pig out. I don't care. And I'm just like, I'm um, um, gone, balls gone, right? Yeah, fine. But a little bit goes a long way. He can literally take a half an avocado, just scoop it out, chop it up a little bit, throw it on a whole salad. So let's talk about food science for a little bit. This is where food science is lacking. It's about what's really underneath the avocado, what's really inside the avocado. You'll hear about omega-6s. Whoa, bad word. Whoa, bad word, right? You hear about it all the time now. People comment out there, Yes, omega-6, Oh, that's the problem omega-6. He doesn't know anything. Omega-6 is the problem why everybody's sick. And you had everybody just doing comments, you know, Omega-6, Omega-6. And then you got influencers being interviewed on podcasts like Omega-6. Then you got podcast doctors like Omega-6s. That's what you have to worry about there. Doctor so-and-so and and we're going to talk about Omega-6 today. Right? And so you hear about it all the time. It's everywhere. But what they don't know is all Omega-6s ain't all the same. But they see that's how they do it. It's one size fits all all the time. Alternative health is just one size fits all all the time. That's It's always the same narrative. It's always the same one size fits all narrative. Like if it's omega six, that means it's bad. But what they don't realize is that the avocado omega six is not the same as nuts, seeds, animal protein, any kind of other omega six anywhere. It's thinner. But they're not going to take $250 billion or $250 million and get a team of scientists together, take a look at the avocado, and really decipher what the differences are. Uh Uh-uh, ain't going to happen. That takes us to a place of leafy greens and salads. Why? Because when you have a thin omega-6 like the avocado, it's best to eat with leafy greens. Now, you might be somebody that's like, oh, no, I heard that, If you have your salad with fat, the fat actually makes it so you absorb your nutrients better. It's the opposite. Fats interfere with nutrient absorption because nutrients only absorb through blood sugar. Blood fat blocks blood sugar, also blocks nutrients from entering sugar, therefore blocking it from entering cells. Less absorption. So that's critical right there all on its own. And I could do a whole show about that. And I think I will, but just not right this second. But the deal is if you use avocado on your salads, it's a thinner omega-6. The fats are thinner in the avocado. The avocado fat, the viscosity is thinner. Here's the difference. The avocado also has sugar. There's a reason why God or the light or the creator or this rock we live on or Mother Earth or the earthly mother or whoever created the avocado or an alien that dropped the avocado off, whatever you believe, there's a reason the avocado has sugar and fat combined because the fat's thinner. So you get less insulin resistance. The sugar in the avocado is what takes nutrients to their destination because it's glucose. Your better chance of digesting and assimilating and absorbing nutrients inside your leafy greens and your leafy green salads is with using avocado instead of with bacon or eggs or nuts or seeds or oils. All of that will inhibit the nutrient absorption. Avocado does a better job. So if you're going to have your avocado, one great way to do it, leafy green salads at the end of the day or lunchtime and on. Have a salad for lunch, chop up some avocado, throw it in, throw your tomatoes, your cucumbers and everything else in there too. Chop up your celery, throw that in there if you want. But you're going to get better absorption, not because of fats. Fats don't create better absorption. They do the opposite. It just so happens that's one fat that's a little better at it because it's a thinner fat. The omega-6s are thinner. There's sugar in the avocado and that glucose helps to deliver the nutrients. It's not about fats in general helping for better absorption. That's a theory out there. Hasn't been proven by any science. People grabbed onto it. They run with it and then people get misled. I go in great detail about it in the new Brain Saver books that are coming out soon. I want to play a clip for you from a Facebook Live going all the way back April 29th, 2018 with me and Kimberly Vanderbeek. It's about baby formula, using avocado as a replacement. Check this out. So the other question I get from moms all the time, and actually the question I have for myself, is if something comes up and you can't nurse you don't want to nurse you're making a decision not to what for whatever reason what is the best substitute for human breast milk for i would like to know a newborn yeah or a six month old or like nine nine months to a year old i'm not sure if it varies but well if you if you think about formula and the best formulas mm-hmm. out there if you think about formulas what's in a formula Whether it's a dairy version, whether it's lactose, whether it's a lactose version formula, whether it's a non-lactose version, but what's in it, what you'll find in a formula, okay, made by science and research in the medical world is sugar and fat. That will be in there. Sugar and fat. That's what what the formula will be. Yeah. It'll be sugar and fat. It'll be corn syrup, soy oil. Really? Yeah. That's what's in the formulas. So... Is there something better than that? So just think about this. Say, say a mommy could not nurse, say you couldn't nurse and you were recommended by your doctor or recommended by some other avenue in the medical world to do a formula. And it was like they, they've been for the last 20, 30 years and they're still out there now, is all that corn syrup mixed with soy oil hmm. and, some, and, and other junk too. Right? So think about that. Is there anything better than that? Like if that and then you throw a couple of like old bulk vitamins that come out of warehouses that are 50 years old from World War II. They throw that into the formulas. It's unbelievable what's in there. And it's like, oh, you got potassium in here. Oh, you got a little bit of magnesium in this formula. Oh, it's just good enough for my baby. But it's it's really sad. It's not. And so what's better? Avocado banana milk. You throw, you throw a couple of bananas in a blender, you throw a couple of avocados in a blender, you add water, you can add coconut water, okay. you blend it, and you strain it, okay. and you, you got your avocado banana milk. Wow. And that, that right there is a substitute. Now, there's nothing better than breast milk, but... This is an option if there's no other options. And a lot of people we know run into that where they can't get formula, they don't have breast milk. So this is that incredible backup option. Now you'll notice there's banana in that formula. The reason, because you need the sugar. See, naturally, breast milk has a lot of sugar in it. It's sugar water. It's low in fat and low in protein. I know that's a surprise for a lot of people. I've been talking about this for years. But breast milk naturally is low in protein and low in fat because sugar, which becomes the glycogen, is the building blocks of the baby's brain. It's sugar. That's the building block. That's the big one. That's why breast milk is actually sugar water. If you've ever tasted it, it's sweet. It's like a sugary sweet drink in a way with a little bit of fat. That's why if a woman doesn't have enough carbohydrates, she'll lose her breast milk or lose her breast milk early. And then we got to crank up the steamed potatoes, the carbohydrates, the steamed potatoes, lots of fruit, lots of bananas. And you can bring breast milk back for a woman who's breastfeeding. I know I've helped women and doctors do the process so they get the breast milk back and it really works. So breast milk is sugary, the baby needs more sugar, which is why formula is loaded with sugar. It's corn, corn syrup, and then soy fat. It's basically sugar and fat, but there's a lot of sugar in that formula. Now breast milk is much more sugary than formula. Formulas usually have more fat in them, but breast milk has less fat and less protein. And this is why we have to have the banana in there. You have to have enough sugar. Now, like I said before, the avocado does have sugar in it, so it can work and it still is a great backup on its own. But when you bring the banana in, you're really getting it to perfection. You're getting it to that point of breast milk. Now, breast milk has nutrients in it, phytochemical compounds, antioxidants, lots of different nutrients and trace minerals. That's what breast milk has, okay? And then you got the avocado, which does have trace minerals, phytochemical compounds. It does have antioxidants. And then you got banana, which has phytochemical compounds, trace minerals, antioxidants. So you're getting kind of a compilation of nutrients to get as close as you can to breast milk. And in breast milk, you got water. So there's water content in there and a decent amount of it too. So hydration, breast milk is actually hydrating for a baby. That's why it's low in fat. If breast milk was really high in fat, it would be less hydrating for the baby. That's why natural breast milk is low in fat, better water content, more sugar. So sugar water, more hydration occurs. Also room for electrolytes and that leads us to water. So we have to put some water in there. Or coconut water is an option too. Now when you're doing coconut water, you got the natural electrolytes right there. Boom you got some sodium, natural occurring sodium, boom, you got that as well. And even in water, electrolytes are in there too. So it adds to it. Plus you get the hydration factor in there. Now remember, the avocado has some sugar in it and the avocado has some water in it too. It's not totally all fat. Then you're adding the banana, which has the sugar and some water too. You put it all together, you're actually getting that consistency of the breast milk. Now you can go with like two avocados, and two bananas, just so you can get enough to actually blend. If you do one small avocado, one small banana, you might not have enough to blend in the blender to really get things moving. So you want to do two avocados, two bananas, throw that into the blender, and then two cups of water to three cups of water, or two cups of coconut water to three cups of coconut water. You can even do something where one cup of water, one cup of coconut water. So you can do half and half if you have both options, right? You blend it up and you strain it. Now, here's the tricky part. Some batches of avocado might have a little bit more of a fatty content in them, a little less water content. So when you blend them up, you might need a little bit more water or coconut water to add to. Some bananas, same thing. They're a little bit more starchy, less water content, So what you do is you add the water, two cups of water in there. If you feel like you need more, you can add more. If you feel like you need less, you know what to do. Now, every batch of avocado, every batch of bananas, it's going to always be a little different. That's how nature works. Consistency is not really there with nature as far as when it comes down to fruits. So one avocado grown in a different orchard versus one avocado grown in another orchard. Same thing with bananas. Different places on the planet, different soils, more water content during the farming, less water content during the farming. So you might need to add a little more or a little less when it comes down to adding water or the coconut water to get it to spin, get the consistency you need, and then you strain it. That's what you do next. You take the concoction, that you, the formula that you created, and then strain it. Strain it through a cheesecloth. That's an option right there or a strainer and you can get that consistency you want that matches breast milk. You can also strain the formula in a nut cloth too or a nut bag. So cheesecloth or nut bag or a really good strainer. A lot of babies have a difficult time with dairy. So when it comes down to dairy formulas, they have allergic reactions. They're spitting up a lot more. They have the acid reflux. So this is a great backup option for all the babies that have a difficult time with what they're feeding on, all the different packaged, dehydrated packaged formulas, all the other liquid formulas that have different things in there like GMO products or GMO soy, GMO corn. A lot of babies are sensitive to all of that, including dairy products or dehydrated milk products that are put into these formulas. So this is a great backup option. And a lot of moms try to use goat milk as an alternative, and sometimes the babies are sensitive to that too. So this is an option for the moms that are looking for any kind of alternative because they've tried everything and they're still having symptoms with their baby, concerns. But ask your doctor what's right for you, of course. Now, if you're somebody with chronic illness, somebody suffering with some kind of maybe a mental disorder, maybe a mental health problem, maybe depression, anxiety, bipolar, OCD, or a neurological condition that affects the body where you have severe fatigue, burning skin, aches and pains everywhere, blurry vision, focus and concentration and brain fog. If you're somebody really suffering with a problem, lowering the fats is very important in the diet. Now, same thing with memory problems and Alzheimer's and dementia And when it comes down to Alzheimer's and dementia, you're dealing with toxic heavy metals. Now, toxic heavy metals don't leave the body easy unless you get the fats down low. And that's why I really love avocado. Because if someone gets rid of the real intense fats who's dealing with Alzheimer's or dementia, and they're dealing with these symptoms of memory loss, or they've been diagnosed with a serious condition like that, then they're losing themselves because that's what happens many of you guys know you experienced a loved one that has dementia or alzheimer's it's critical to get the metals out of their brain in order for them to heal so lowering the fats bringing them down is critical and that's why the avocado is so great it's a different kind of fat it's not butter you know cow butter dairy butter it's not bacon it's not pork it's not cheese it's not ice cream It's not eggs and other dairy products, right? So when you bring down these fats, somebody with Alzheimer's has a chance. Somebody with memory issues, brain fog, mental disorders, OCD, depression, anxiety, everything, depersonalization, they actually have a chance to heal. So I love the avocado because it's that tool to be like, hey, wait a minute, you can get those things out and we can bring this in and the consistency of the fat in avocado is thinner. It allows more sugar to get to the brain and sugar can carry that heavy metal remover, the heavy metal detox smoothie nutrients, phytochemical compounds that grab metals and pull them out, nutrients to restore the brain too. So. When you lower the fats, you open the door to get nutrients to the brain to help somebody with any kind of mental condition, cognitive condition, or any kind dealing with their brain. So avocado is like a tool. It's like, hey, come off those pork rinds. Get off that ham. Get off of that sausage. Get off that bacon. Hey, uh, don't put butter in your drink. Bring down the butter or the cheese. Watch that pizza. And you can bring in the avocado. When you bring in that avocado, the game changes. And yes, you can also lower the avocado and lower it and bring in all the other healing tools and foods and celery juice, heavy metal detox smoothie, leafy greens, all the fruits, and bring it all in and the steamed potatoes. And now you're sailing. Now you're cooking. And then the brain starts getting better. But the avocado, it's like an anchor. It's like a lifesaver. Now, a couple of tips about avocado picking them out is you don't want to pick them out when they're soft at the store unless you plan on eating that avocado right in that moment. But even then, if they're too soft, they've gone rotten most likely. Always remember that. So when you're in the store, you pick up your avocados, you're like, "Mm hmm, 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 look at this avocado. And if it's squishy, get rid of it. You don't want it to really give either when you're pressing it You can squeeze, if it doesn't really wanna give, it's a good time to get it. Now, avocados, you could buy them green. So I know that people, they walk by the produce section and they avoid the green ones because they think that it's never gonna change. It's never gonna not be green and it's never gonna ripen. That's not true, they ripen quick. So you can get the green ones, have them in your house, in a bowl, on the counter and watch them. They'll start to ripen and in days. And eventually they'll give pretty easy. Now, you don't want them squishy, like I said. You don't want them too soft because they'll be brown and rotten. And here's another thing that's a cool tip. So if they're kind of hard but almost giving in, that's a great time to eat them too. It's less fat. What happens is the fats haven't developed entirely So there's more water in the avocado. So the firmer the avocado is, the less fatty the avocado is, the more water that's in the avocado and even more sugar in the avocado at that phase. Of course, you don't want it so hard, you can't put a knife through it and you don't want it so hard, you can't put a fork into it or you can't actually eat it. It's too hard and crunchy. You don't want it on that level either. But you want to be able to bite into it. You want it tender enough but you don't want it rotten, fermented, and too soft. We're emotional about food. We have emotional attachments to our food, and rightfully so. We come into this world, a lot of stress happens in our lives. The world isn't easy. It's not a fun place to live for many. We end up using food as a foundation, as an anchor, as a survival, method, a survival tactic. The other thing is we're hungry because we need food to live. We need food to survive here on this planet. We can't just wake up one morning, never eat. Go to bed that night and never eat. Wake up the morning and do it all over again. We eventually get in trouble because we have to have food to live and survive. When something happens in our life, a hard time, a loss, a struggle, and the stress goes up, many of us tend to lean on food. We tend to see food as an escape, as a way out, as a sanctuary, as our Atlantis. We look to food as if it's our heaven, and eventually we get in trouble because sometimes it can be our hell. But when we understand food, understand our health, understand our body, freedom happens. Empowerment. We gain emotional strength. The avocado can help us with that. It's the great acclimator. It's the bridge to the other side of healing so the mind, so the person has a greater chance to heal. Avocados aren't the best food in the world for the brain but yet they're the greatest food for the brain in the sense it gives us that emotional support, that strength we need when we're down and out so we can shed other foods in life that can get in the way of our healing.